Welcome to the Cybertraps podcast. I'm Jethro Jones coming to you from Washington, host of the podcast Transformative Principle and author of the book School X, How to Redesign Your School for the People Right in Front of You. I'm a former principal at all levels of K-12 education. Greetings, everyone. I'm Frederick Lane, an author, attorney, and educational consultant temporarily based in Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm the author of 10 books, including most recently Cybertraps for Educators 2.0, Raising Cyber Kids, and Cybertraps for Expecting Moms and Dads. Jethro and I have teamed up to bring timely, entertaining, and useful information to teachers, parents, and others about the risks arising from the use and misuse of digital devices. Over the coming weeks and months, we'll be talking to some of the world's leading experts from the fields of education, parenting, sociology, cyber safety, and today, Web3. Join us as we look at what it takes to better navigate our increasingly high-tech world. For more information or to donate to our work, please visit centerforcyberethics.org. The Cybertraps podcast is a production of the Center for Cyberethics, a 501c3 independent nonpartisan educational institute dedicated to the study and promotion of cyberethics as a positive social force through research, curricular development, publishing and media, professional training, and public advocacy. So Jethro, we're talking Web 3.0. I've got Cybertraps for Educators 3.0 in the works. This is incredibly timely stuff. Oh, it's it must be a, a divine sign that we're doing the right thing. <laughs> Given the fact I ran past like five cemeteries today, I hope you're right. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Well, today we are talking with Jeff Wright, who is the founder of Limitless Life Media based in Tucson, Arizona, and he is a digital sales and marketing expert. And I actually had the opportunity to jump on a Twitter space with him last night, and he was talking about intelligent NFTs. And I thought maybe we should back up a little bit and just talk about NFTs first. But I realized we hadn't had anybody on to talk about this kind of stuff. And so I thought this would be a good way to get us started. And what I really liked was that Jeff defined NFTs in a really powerful way by saying that they are basically the same way you can have something physical that you own, like this AirPod case. This is mine. To get rid of it, I need to give it, sell it, or have it stolen. And an NFT <laughs> makes that possible with digital things, which is still kind of a hard thing to to wrap our heads around. But Jeff, welcome to the Cybertraps podcast. We're excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jethro. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so tell us about NFTs and Web3 and what we should understand about that, keeping in mind that we are... Uh, mostly educators and parents who are listening to this podcast and, you know, maybe not the most new, like aware, the most early adopters, but trying to get better and make sure we understand the technology that we are using. Absolutely. Glad you asked. So for those of you listening that are not, maybe you, you might know some of you and maybe some of you don't, but really what an NFT is, is it's considered to be a non-fungible token and that's a unique digital asset that can be traded on the blockchain, okay? So again, kind of like what you were saying, Jethro, it can be used to describe anything that's not unique, can be replaced with something of equal value. And the non-fungible, that's completely the opposite. So if I give you a dollar, you can do whatever you want with that dollar. But if you have like a digital piece of art, 
And David, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. It's like, well, why, why can't I just go and knock it off and take a picture of it? Well, it's protected on the blockchain and that's the unique digital asset. And there's a lot of evidence of that. And we can jump into that. Well, Jeff, if I can jump in here real quickly, because I think speaking for myself and, and I assume for a good chunk of our audience, we really need to um, make sure that we cover all of the definitions that might be useful for people. So um, obviously uh, with the NFT, it's an acronym for non-fungible token, but you're linking it to this thing called the blockchain. So can you talk a little bit about what that is and how it works? Absolutely. There's uh, some of you might be familiar, you've heard of it is the Ethereum. Okay. So Ethereum, um, it, not only can you have the Ethereum, the cryptocurrency, but you also have Ethereum where that's going to be as far as like smart contracts and smart contracts where you have an agreement with someone today. Well, this is just another layer of protection through those smart contracts. And when it comes to NFTs, what you can do is you might have like creative, you know, creative directors, artists, musicians, and the NFTs can help monetize their own products. So it really has changed what can be sold for money. And also with the Ethereum, that can be sold for money. You have things like Coinbase. You have, uh, you have, a, you know, Robinhood has a platform. There's a lot of different platforms out there, uh, and cryptocurrencies. Uh, but Ethereum is is really most popular right now on the blockchain because. And there's probably there's got to be some competition. I, I not got to really go in. That's a whole another topic. But Ethereum is is one that's really popular with the the NFT space right now, and so. Let's say um, you had that like a painting of yours, you know, and you were to, to sell it. Uh, there's even been like music video clips, like, you know, literally everything, um, as long as it's digital, uh, that can be in the NFT space and using that Ethereum technology to protect it. Yeah. So tell us about how it protects it, because that is um, that is an interesting aspect. It protects it in what I understand two ways. One, it can't be deleted. And two somebody else can't use the same thing but if you can just take a picture of it that's similar to taking a picture of you know Mona Lisa for example it's not the same thing but you can still you can still view it in other places is that a fair way to understand that right and you know it, it doesn't really just stop there because you're talking about like well if, if you if you were to have let's say like a ticket to a conference an educational conference or something like that well you can use an nft for that and there's, um, you know, you have a lot of influencers like Gary V um, using NFTs to have exclusive tickets that are like maybe VIP tickets. And that's mean that, okay, well, I, I can't get that ticket because it's unique on that blockchain. Okay. And you might have like a crypto wallet or something like that, um, where you can protect these different tickets in this example. And then you, you know, you have other like even you know, Mark Cuban, you know, he's announced that he wants to bring NFT ticketing to the NBA. So there's a lot of different ways that NFTs and not just in music and digital art. And uh, but, you know, going into that protection piece that you're really wanting to know about is that it's still developing. Right. I mean, this this space is developing day by day um, and, and that's going to continue. But it's really to be part of that decentralization that we all that's that's kind of the at least from where I'm coming from, in my opinion, that's what's attracted me to this space is that decentralization. And hopefully 
uh, with Ethereum that's going to come to fruition is that as time goes on, especially this year and next year, hopefully we're going to see more development of that because that's what I'm passionate about is this decentralization. Yeah. And I think the decentralization is really fascinating also. And trying to think about what the aspects of that are that is uh, meaningful to us as normal everyday folks who are not Mark Cuban or Gary Vee, what does that mean for us? And so uh, my cousin mentioned that he he would be interested in using a smart contract, for example, to have a digital copy of his title that he could say, this is mine and nobody else can take it from me. And that when I sell it, then I can sell it through the blockchain, through a smart contract so that somebody else would then have it. And they'd have that digital version of a physical title rather than just the physical title. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's, and there's, there's, there's plenty of examples. There, there's a, a couple out there and, you know, we're, we're talking about NFTs, but there's also, we have AI and artificial intelligence. So there's actually intelligent NFTs. And one of the first intelligent NFTs sold to Sotheby's for uh, basically a half a million dollars uh, just recently here. And that's through a company called Alethia AI. And they, their motto is to bring NFTs to life. So that's just one example of many that are coming. But it, as far as like an intelligent NFT, what that really means is, is that, you know, it's, you, you have to have like a, maybe an avatar, a face to your NFT. It has to have some type of soul where it's like, this is a, a character trait or a personality trait, right? Otherwise, what's the... Why, why would you even want to, you know, go into that if it doesn't have some type of personality? And then also it has to have obviously intelligence. And, and these are NFTs that use artificial intelligence that they actually, you can train them and there's different levels. So you might have like one level where it's just at its basic level. And then there's monetization where users, if they're willing to pay for it, that's just the world we live in, Jethro. You know how it is. <laughs> you got to pay for it. Right? You want more? You got to pay for it. Well, then you can go all the way up from level one to level five. And level five is me. You've created an NFT that basically has human-like capabilities through AI technology. I mean, it's just incredible. This AI has been around for a very long time, but it hasn't been around a long time in the NFT space. So what would be a real-world world application of an intelligent NFT? And what would... A, a user get out of that. Okay. So for example, there is a utility called it's Ali. So it's a L I and you can actually convert credits on a website where you can level up those tokens to do what I just mentioned. So you can level up your, your, your personality pods in a pod. Like you just think of it as a community that you've created. Okay. You can interact with different intelligent NFTs. There's a lot of different innovative, exciting communities where you can use these tokens to get you more. You let's just let's just be honest. Where you can flex, you can. That's really what the NFT space is about. Okay, okay I hate good. to say, I hate to put it out there, <laughs> but it's about how can you flex it. You know, you're talking about you have different NFTs out there where even like yet Nike out there, and they have like their whole, uh, you know, like Jordan has got to be jumping on this as far as he has like a huge monster brand and you have the, the Nike kicks that are, you know, these, these type of NFTs are selling for tons of money. 
Um, and there's a lot of different utilities and protocols in place uh, that big corporations. But, but what I like most, and Jethro, we talked about this yesterday, is what I'm hoping, and I think what you're hoping too, is since this is newer technology, it's going to level the playing field so that, you know, whether it's a small business owner or an influencer like yourself, um, or, you know, both of you, that really, you know, you're, you're trying to get the, the education out there that needs to be out there. These are just, uh, it's just a simple tool that you can use to, to get that, you know, just to, to really develop that community and loyalty. I mean, you got plenty of examples of that. Well, let's talk about that decentralization and giving. So right now, the internet is fairly user hostile. And so you go to a website, you're getting pop-ups, you're getting advertisements, you're getting uh, paywalls, redirects, all this kind of stuff that is really challenging to navigate. And if you, Wordle was bought by the New York Times yesterday, and almost immediately, RIP, rest in peace, Wordle was trending on Twitter because everybody was saying, (laughs) you know, this was a fun game, and now the New York Times is basically going to ruin it by making it not a fun thing to participate in. And and so in the early 2000s, as this dot-com boom was happening, there were all these new services that were, you know, everything was moving to the web and it was really powerful because everybody got a chance to try something and those who were great were able to continue because they did the things right that people needed. That's what I'm hoping for with Web3 and NFTs and whatever else is, is going to be introduced is that it's going to be better for the users. And right now, I'm not seeing much ev- much evidence of that because, like you mentioned, it's pretty much about flexing right now, right. which makes sense to start. But what's going to be the application? What's going to be the way that we can actually use it that's beneficial? I think from, from my perspective, I think that whether you're a business owner, you're a professional, you're an executive, you're an influencer, the most important thing to do is whatever your mission or vision is, is that you're in alignment with your core values. Because if you're not in alignment with your core values, people today see right through it. They see right through it each and every single day. And, and that's what I'm talking about. And we, we spoke about this yesterday, that it, it actually sometimes makes you a little sick. I mean, it makes you a little bit nauseous to think about how crazy and spammy and, and how the ads have just got out of control, whether it's, you know, Facebook, YouTube, you can't open up one YouTube without getting hit you know, unless you have like the paid version. But if you're just using the free version of some things, you're just got to get bombarded with ads. And so I think I, I kind of picture of it like when you first went on, like when you went on a first date, did you just... Did you just ask her to marry me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey, I know we just met, but it's, I'm just got to put a ring on your finger right now. I mean, that doesn't happen and it, or I guess it could, but there's really something wrong with that approach. And so it's the same thing here. You, it's all about building a relationship. And I think everyone wants to build that relationship. And so in these communities that, that we're a part of and that, that we're building, it has to be in alignment with the core value, because if it's not, that's like with the dot com back in the day. I think I feel like the ones that were the best at building community, and you know, obviously, 
you have to be following the trends and things like that, but I want to use it for good, not for bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that is the goal of new technology. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Not but, I mean, that's an obvious thing, but really, I mean, yeah. we, we all know people that like, Hey, you know, why aren't they being featured on like greed? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, like uh, American greed uh, on the TV, you know, it's like, uh, that's, that's not what it's about. It's about how can we use the technologies out there like this, uh, to really make an impact and to make the education space, especially make it a better uh, environment to thrive in. Well, and this is something I really think it would be good to dig into a bit, Jeff, because, you know, I, I have a, I've been a little bit on the fringes of some of this because I do, I use my iPhone to take a fair amount of photography. And so I follow a lot of photographers on primarily Twitter and they're really, some of them are really diving into the NFT space because they see it as a way to, as you say, decentralize the purchase of digital works of art. And that's all well and good. I guess my concern and, and where I'm puzzled in terms of the educational environment is that so much of it does seem, as you said earlier, to be about flex, right? That these are kind of the, the, the yachts or the high-priced whiskeys of the day. And so, you know, people go out and they grab these NFTs because they can now boast that they have the NFT of whatever, whether it's, you know, it's not Pepe the Frog, but that kind of thing, you know, high-end high memes or long-standing digital works and so mm -hmm. forth. How does that get translated down to the day-to-day -day experience of the average person or the average educator? What, what will an NFT do for that space as a technology? That's, that's, that's such an awesome question. And I appreciate it. The best, like if I were to answer that the best way I know how to right now, I would say that I think we got to look at the numbers a little bit. Just, just real quick, not in a boring way, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hit you right now, okay? So if we take a look at just, just because it, when you take a look at anyone, anyone that's um, has influence today, anyone that uh, whether you know a lot of time, I hate the word like follower because I don't think anyone should really consider themselves like, hey, I'm a follower. I think I like the yeah, word we, collaboration. We I prefer like the word. term. You should look for mentors, not influencers. That's how yeah. we phrase it to kids and educators. Look for mentors. Yeah, and I love that. And I, it, with that, I like just like I'm looking for those that are looking to collaborate on new ideas, projects like we're doing now. And so, with that said, here's here's the numbers I'm talking about. So we have um, Gary Vaynerchuk and Mark Zuckerberg just with their YouTube that's titled. And I, you can, I can give you the link to this if you want to put it in below. It's up to you, uh, Jethro, if you yeah, want to link great. it. 1.7, higher than that, actually. Let's just say it's 1.7 and some change. Views, Web3 Metaverse Chat with Mark Zuckerberg. Obviously, right? Um, is that 1.7 billion or million? Uh, that is 1. But this is just since November of 2021. So that's 1.7, well, I guess it could be more than that, but I, I, it looks like it's 1.7 million views just, just with that, just that one YouTube uh, on Web3 Metaverse chat. And so the things we're talking about also are reflected in the Metaverse, right? Because that's where the Web3, the, mm -hmm. uh, the NFTs are going to live in that Metaverse. But there's gotta be different variances of that Metaverse 
And so at, for, for those that you, maybe some of you know, but Mark Zuckerberg, the reason why I brought that up is because he has already invested 10 billion with a B. So there's your B, his and boy, to transform <laughs> uh, Facebook into the, the meta. And he's, he's also gone on record that he's dedicated 20% of his workforce in the metaverse right now. So, um, and obviously that you have a lot of other influencer, influencers that are, you know, following suit with that as far as like their Bill Gates is, you know, spending a fortune right now, but these are still new technologies and it is going to be, uh, I, I still like it because even us right now, as far as answering your question, when you, if you have an influencer and you, you have a topic and you have the right influencer, you can make that impact because it's all about getting attention. So if you know how to get attention through, it doesn't have to, you're not using like their video, but if you, if you, if you have somebody that, like, hey, that's different. This is like a, a different value value add right here. And you have the right influencer um, that's promoting that. It can take off like wildflower. And, uh, and hopefully it's more like in this channel, because, you know, this is where this is where we, you can just really you can take a rocket ship, you know, <laughs> it can just take off. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I mean, it's something that I think we definitely need to do more investigation on. You know, one of the things that we could talk about is um, transcripts and uh, recording uh, teacher certification and things like that and how there are opportunities for that. I think the last thing that I want to talk about is something that we talk about regularly on here, Fred, which is the idea that if somebody, you know, at some point, if there's if it's not here yet, there's going to be an NFT or blockchain-based social media thing because that's what we do, right? We're going to make some sort of social media thing on there. What's sure. going to happen when a student posts an inappropriate picture of someone else or of themselves and it can't be deleted at that point? What happens when a teacher um, does something inappropriate and it can't be deleted at that point? Jeff, what are your thoughts on that kind of thing where it's going to enshrine basically forever and not be able to delete the bad mistakes and choices that we make? Well, I think there's, there's a lot of implications um, and there's some challenges. I mean, there's, there's probably a laundry list of challenges uh, as far as like this developing technology, like, and, and you, you've brought up a good point and I agree with you because, you know, it's, this technology is still developing uh, everything we've been talking about um, so far on the podcast. And so I would say that inevitably there's got to be some huge downsides, um, just like any other. I mean, that, that's what it was back at, with Web 2. If you look back at Web 2, along, that's starting to date myself now. We're talking, <laughs> starting to get, starting to be back there a long time now. But with the, the dot com bubble and everything like that, you know, uh, with all these technologies and even the metaverse, inevitably they're going to have that. So, I think if we if we have this hybrid like this virtual world and and, and I know like as far as like you got the cyberbullying you got a, a lot of like what about privacy and there and that's and I and in my opinion that's that's with Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook that's been a challenge right is that they got the social dilemma out there you got a lot of these documentaries like that that have come out and that's been an issue and now you have Meta and it's because okay what about privacy what about you know, and I, I think we all know so, some people have even got fired because of 
posting something on Facebook, you can't, and it's not easy to delete that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely, that's going to be, that could be a podcast in itself, to be honest. Yeah. Um, And so I would just answer it as far as that. I think that that particular issue is a challenge. Um, There it's, I don't know if I, if I have that magic bullet um, to, to say like, Hey, you're hundred percent protected right there. Because I think that those are some concerns. There's a lot of concerns in this, but that's definitely one of them. Let me throw this out at you, Jeff, in terms of where things could conceivably go for educators down the road, because in the little bit of research that I've done on the NFT space, one of the things that's really intrigued me is this concept of incorporating contract terms into the non-fungible token that's recorded in the blockchain. And one of the implications of that is that, for instance, an educator who did a really dynamic course or a really good lecture could make that an NFT and then receive royalties off of the subsequent reuse of that lecture in different environments. So I think there's going to be some really creative financing slash legal issues arising that could help educators as we see this decentralization taking place. Oh, yes. And, and, you know, and I think on the business side of it, you know, we've we've been talking, I probably spoke a little bit more on the the Facebook and Meta side, but let's on the Microsoft side for education for for those of that, you know, maybe they're Mac users, uh, Apple or, uh, but Microsoft, you know, they have, they have these now these Microsoft Teams solutions where, you can actually bring virtual avatars, which I know that's a little cartoonish, but they have they have the these the, they have actually have holo, like holograms. So we're talking about what if I don't want to wear that that uncomfortable headset with the VR type stuff? You know, what if I don't want I don't feel like wearing the that? Oculus Rift? Yep, or whatever. The, the Oculus. Right. Yep. Yeah. So right. what if I don't like that? Well, the hologram technology with Microsoft is how that's got to be fixed because they already have enterprise video conferencing platforms um, that are coming out this year. They also have mixed reality. Have you have you guys done played with the, the mixed reality? I did this uh, for my coworkers and they're like, Jeff, how did you do that? So basically what it is, is you got your webcam there. You go into the, the, the Microsoft Teams, you go into the mixed reality and you can have any type of 3D model jumping out of your screen right there in real time. So it's crazy. It's called mixed reality. That's yeah. a version of... Uh, you know, this VR, AR world. And actually, to take it a step further, earlier this year, Microsoft has also announced here that they're using the Halo Lens technology, which is like the Oculus for Facebook, and the, for the U.S. Army. And they're going to be using it uh, in the battlefield for uh, awareness and training exercises. So it's just, uh, it is limitless, <laughs> right? It's limitless, yeah. Well, but, you know, I and I, I do, gosh, Jethro, we talk about this all the time, how challenging it is to teach these days. But, you know, really, Jeff, what you're underscoring for us in this podcast today is that reality isn't what it used to be. And so, you know, I guess from an interesting perspective, maybe then we, we start looking at NFTs as being one of the things that pins down the reality of something, right? So, if you have an NFT, for instance, of an image or a video or a photograph, you know that at least that original is in fact what it purports to be. 
Right. And that's, that's, I, to be honest, I don't even know if I would have been, we, we talked about Jethro before. I don't even know if I would have been as excited or just enthusiastic about this entire technology if it wasn't going to be decentralized. And like you said, you know, if it's not going to have some type of component where, hey, you know, how is this going to make it a better user experience and, and, and also like in education, because ultimately if it's not a good, if it's not a great or a fantastic user experience, if it's not compatible, if it's not user-friendly, if it's not simple and easy, then really what good is it? Because um, I just know for myself, like, Hey, if I'm going to jump into these different technologies, and especially like even talking with my family, like a lot of times they're, they're looking at me like, or they're I, on FaceTime, they're looking at me like cross-eyed <laughs> because they're like, Hey, what are you talking about, Jeff? I, I have no clue. You know, it's like, uh, they, they, they just haven't even, and I like, you know, it takes a minimum of 20 hours to even scratch the surface in this, in this type of stuff. And so trying to explain it to somebody like in five minutes, you just, it's, it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think this has been a great conversation and appreciate you uh, sharing your wisdom with us and helping us get, get some movement in, in the direction of understanding it. So thanks for being here, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah. Jethro, Frederick, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, this podcast uh, really, you know, it hits at home. I mean, there's uh, this education space is just phenomenal. So I want to, I want to see just keep rolling. You know, it's well, that's <laughs> so do we. I like I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and it will not be, I'm sure, Jeff, the last time that we talk about NFTs or try to wrap our heads around them. So I expect we'll be reaching back out to you at some point to help us with that. It's been fun. I love it. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Cybertraps podcast. In the coming weeks, we will continue our coverage of emerging trends in a variety of areas, including digital misconduct, cyber safety, cybersecurity, privacy, I would assume Web 3.0, and the challenges of high-tech parenting. Along the way, we'll talk to our growing collection of international experts who are helping us to understand the risks and the rewards of digital technology. You can find the Cybertraps podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps. We hope that you'll share the show with your friends and colleagues and reach out to us if you have questions or topic or guest suggestions. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Jethro Jones and Fred is at Cybertraps. And if you're still listening, you must have just loved this. Please leave us a five-star rating and review in your podcast service of choice. We appreciate having you here and we will see you for our live show on Monday. 